for you and your life? Do you find yourself daydreaming about things you hardly ever get to experience? Do you set goals that you can't wait to achieve and then suddenly realize you're making no headway? You're not alone. So many of us are living a version of our lives that is less than what we deserve. We're ready for more, but the problem is we don't know how to get it. This podcast's intention is to fill you up with tips, tricks, and tools to unlock your motivation, get energized, and begin living a life of your wildest dreams. Let's do this. I'm Ashley, and this is the Sparks Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Sparks Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Smith, and I'm super excited to be joined today by Jojo Hall. Jojo is a certified yoga teacher currently living in Atlanta, Georgia. She's native to Lexington, Kentucky, but considers the many foreign places she's lived, like Shanghai, China, and Istanbul, Turkey, home. Super exciting. I love that. But before diving deep into yoga, she traveled the world as a kindergarten teacher, often practicing yoga with children as a way to connect in a bustling classroom. Yoga calms the mind and body by teaching us that we're whole and wonderful just the way we are. Teaching yoga to children and adults alike, as well as always deepening her personal practice, is where she finds the most joy. So thank you for being here, Jojo. I'm super excited to talk today. Thank you for having me, Ashley. I'm so happy to be here. So just let's just jump right in and start talking about all this amazing stuff you have in your bio here. Um, if you want to just tell us about even how you got into this whole traveling teaching thing, that's amazing, um, and how you branched into yoga. Yeah, of course. So I guess, I don't know, it's hard not to tell anyone who will listen. I lived across the world because it's so exciting. And it, I feel like it was a really big part of shaping who I am today. I spent my 20s mainly abroad. So um, I graduated from university in 2013. And like I said, I was living in Kentucky and there was a career fair. And it was like, you know, these are all the schools you could possibly teach at in Kentucky. And I was thinking, wow, okay, <laughs> this is it. So my advisor was like, you have to go and you have to talk to um, as, get as many interviews as you can. And I just really wasn't that enthusiastic about it. But what I was enthusiastic about was this like trifold that said teach abroad in China. And I was like, that is absolutely for me. I had a very quick conversation with um, a couple of people and I was like, yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to do. I think I'll, I'll do that job. And people were thinking like, wait, what? <laughs> I said, yeah, I'm going to go teach in China. I'm going to apply tonight. And that's what I'll do. And I was thinking at the time, what's the worst that could happen? I thought maybe I'll go. And if it's terrible and I dislike it, at least I'll have a funny story about this one crazy idea that I had but it turns out that I loved it. And I was there for three years. And before moving back home, I was like, where else could I go? So I applied for a different job in Turkey and I moved to Istanbul. So I was there for a few years as well. And I was thinking, this is beautiful, you know, like had I not really jumped um, or went out on a limb, I would have never known that this you know, side of the world existed except for in movies or on TV. So I moved abroad and 
it was kind of time to come home and I was looking for different places to go. And I ended up in Atlanta because it's a super cool, um, busy city, but it's not too far away from the home that I know that is Kentucky. So I've kind of come full circle and I'm back from traveling and here I am today. Yes, I love it. I want to talk about just the fact that you were in two such vastly different places, I feel like. Um, And you can tell me if I'm wrong. I've never been to either China or Turkey, but what was that like for you, kind of absorbing yourself into a new culture? Well, it was... um... There were many, many crazy days being from the small town that I'm from. um, People were thinking like, wow, what a big change. There were many times where this was like the complete opposite of what I'm used to seeing. I had to really try new foods. I had to be open-minded. I had to be patient in many ways. Um, But once you learn that people everywhere kind of desire the same things. Everyone wants love and respect. Um, It's a lot easier to get along. So I found um, there are lots of people from the States that are abroad. You kind of bond with your fellow expats. So I have lots of friends that um, are from, from all over the States and I only know them in China. So That was pretty interesting. And moving to Turkey was amazing too. I was teaching at an international school. So I got to know different students from all over the world and their parents work and travel all over the world. And it was really just an more than anything, super eye-opening. I now feel like, not that I've seen anything. I don't feel like I've even scratched the surface. It's like, there's more out there. I still want to see the world. Yeah. So do you feel like, I know you said it, barely took any time to make the decision to leave. Do you feel like it had to require any sort of courage on your end or you just have that personality? (laughs) Well, you know, I do have a secret weapon and that is my grandmother. Mm. Um, You have, everyone needs a person who deeply believes in them and deeply supports, um, you know, what they want to do. So for me, that was my granny. And she says like, I could just hear her now saying, go baby. Like, you know, most people would think like, oh my gosh, why are you going? Especially when I was moving to Turkey, it was an interesting time and people were thinking, oh my gosh, it's dangerous. And she never said anything negative to me. She thought, if you've done your research, if you know where you're going, trust yourself, you got it. You know what you're doing. Oh, I love that. I think we all need someone like that in our lives to be the push yeah, you just need one person, especially from being a teacher. So I've taught in different types of schools, whether it be um, a super privileged school, a low income school. I think the key to any child is just having someone who believes in them. Mm-hmm. The possibilities are endless. Absolutely. And so you had said that you brought some of the mindfulness and yoga stuff into your work with kids, right? Do you tell us more about that? Yeah, um, I think I always found myself practicing yoga, even in my own elementary classroom. It wasn't unheard of to see a kid on a mat, you know, meditating or even like in a bridge or wheel pose. I went to a Montessori school. So in my own teaching, 
I guess you could say I kind of incorporated some, what some people would say is unconventional, but now you'd see yoga in many elementary school classrooms and it's pretty cool. But um, yoga in the classroom is super fun because the kids love it. They ask for it. It was a way um, for my students to bond. In Turkey, I had students from at least 10 different nations in one room. Sometimes we needed a way to come together and calm down at the same time. So this started out as small yoga videos online and they love it. Um, But then, you know, they're like, oh, look what I can do. And it goes beyond the video to doing it on their own. It goes beyond that. And then you're on the playground the next thing, you know, and someone else is, you know, practicing yoga or they're sitting in meditation. It's super cute. So yeah, it's nice to see. I love that. And I feel like I hear more and more that it's becoming a thing in all sorts of classrooms that mindfulness should be incorporated. Um, Do you think that it has like a mental benefit for the kids too? Oh, absolutely. Um, In my most recent classroom in the States, um, a French teacher actually brought to us a program called Sitting Like a Frog. And of course, with kids, you make everything fun. But I mean, if you were to tell a kid, okay, we're going to sit and close our eyes for five minutes and we're not going to say anything, they might not be interested. But if you show them a video of a frog and how still a frog sits and what it looks like when a frog is going to get a fly with their tongue, that's something they, that resonates with them. So they're like, oh, okay, well, I could do that. Well, how still could I sit? So as a class, we would sit, you know, 20 plus kids really silently sitting tall, maybe eyes closed and you just kind of let it happen. They won't do anything. You can close your eyes. You might think they're going to be silly, but they really do embrace it. And we would just, um, we would track our time and increasingly like weeks and weeks would go by. And the next thing you know, you can have a kindergarten classroom that can actually meditate and sit still for more than six minutes. That's incredible. I just saw a video recently of uh, like two brothers and one was quite young toddler aged and was having a tantrum and his older brother was like in and out like guiding him through the breath and it made him calm and like totally skipped the tantrum so that's yeah I've seen that it's really funny and kids they're the best honestly they'll take it and they'll take it home they'll teach their parents they'll hey they'll say hey like this is how we do this because you know I learned this at school or in class but kids are pretty awesome in that way Wow. I love that. And you, so you've done yoga for quite some time now, but you're just recently coming into being a teacher, right? Yes. Yes. Could you tell us about how you got into, how you decided that's what you were going to go for? Yeah. So I guess um, I've been practicing yoga since I was a small kid and it was an off and on thing. I've been to many different types of classes, tried all the styles of yoga, but it wasn't until 2020 when I really was turning to yoga for kind of a calming place in myself. I was a teacher online to those kindergarten students. And as you can imagine, I needed 
some sort of step away from what I was doing. When we were working at home, my home turned into a kindergarten classroom. I had like blocks over here and manipulatives for counting in my personal space. So I really needed something just for myself. So that's when I started to really take yoga seriously. And I started to schedule it into my day. And, you know, previously in my life, it was something that happened. So I, I don't know, maybe here or there, but it became like, okay, I need to do yoga every day at this time. And it was so calming. And I really felt like, wow, if I have the tools to be able to find stillness and create my own happiness without outside things, then I should really look into this more. So from practicing every day, I thought, okay, now I need to teach yoga. I started doing it online with my grandmother and my little sisters. So they started really wanting it and beyond wanting it also thinking like, well, I need this, you know, because now this is a super relaxing practice and you see what happens when you don't do it. So over the course of winter and the spring, I studied and through my vinyasa practice, um, I received my certification. Congratulations. That's so exciting. I, uh, if you don't already follow Jojo on Instagram, you have to, I love all of your, uh, videos that you post and everything. I guess we can restate it at the end, but for now, can you let everybody know what your handle is? (laughs) Please. Yes, absolutely. You can find me on Instagram at preppy locks. That's P R E P P Y L O C S. Thank you. I love it. And do you do on their like little teaching thing so if people wanted to do practice with you is there are you still doing virtual type practice yeah I'm doing a little bit of everything right now since we're speaking of preppy locks you can also go to my website um it's www.preppylocks.com and I'm doing just like on Instagram I have some short video tutorials of how to get into a yoga pose I have longer videos of maybe you have 15 minutes to practice um, in a chair, or maybe you have an hour to practice at home. So I have lots of different things going on there. Perfect. And I'll put that in the show notes too, so people can have that website. Um, but I wanted to ask about like people getting started in yoga, because I think it, like any habit, can be difficult to get into. And I feel like people might even have misconceptions about who can do yoga? Um, so what would you say to someone who's like, oh, I don't know? <laughs> I was actually, it's funny that you ask. I was just at a picnic last week and um, there was a girl and she said, you know, I won't say that I dislike yoga. And I wasn't going to judge her comment, even if she said she disliked yoga. <laughs> but what I would say is that yoga is for anybody If you told me that you disliked yoga, I would tell you that maybe you haven't found the right yoga class for you, the right style, or maybe the right teacher. Um, Yoga is all about meeting you where you are. So whatever you're doing, however you express the pose is yoga. So 
finding someone um, that knows that and respects that, I think is probably your first step. Yeah, that's great. And do you think there's a point too in beginning a practice where you kind of have to, I don't know, suffer through until you realize that it's really truly helpful? Like I know you had mentioned in your own journey, you were doing it on and off, but then it took kind of realizing that it was changing your life for the better to do it every day. Yeah. And I guess I won't even lie and say that I religiously practice every day. There are days that I don't practice yoga, but also yoga is a lot more than what people see me doing on Instagram when I'm being like bendy or standing on my head. Yoga is also washing the dishes without complaining. It's being in traffic and not, um, you know, not being angry. It's a lot more than that. So if you're finding that you don't like it and you're starting off again and on again, I would say just respect that. And maybe you're not in the place um, for your practice yet. But also, like I was thinking, even going for a walk and if you run or something like that to clear your mind, you might not know it, but that's yoga too. Mm. So if you're not enjoying the physical, flexible-ish side of yoga, then you're just not there yet in your practice. Yeah. And do you think, like, I know there can be some difference, I guess, between using yoga and meditation for stress relief versus it being like a normal part of your everyday practice. Um, Are there types of yoga or certain flows that you do um, that would go towards one or the other? Like something more, I don't know if that's a thing, (laughs) something more stress relief based. You know what? I would think when I was practicing every day, the way to burn yourself out is when you're doing the super physical super strenuous practice but what I learned when I took a pause I'm a little competitive but with myself when I took a pause and tried different styles like what I teach weekly with my sister and my grandmother is a chair yoga class I found that I really like chair yoga and so from there I've been trying restorative yoga I've found that I really like restorative yoga. Um, If you like a slower paced, more stretching and just a relaxed style, then maybe that's something for you. Um, Also, I think sometimes, this is actually funny, I thought that like hatha yoga, I see people doing it, or not hatha, ashtanga. I see people practicing ashtanga like online all the time. And I'm like, wow, that looks so amazing. Like, I bet I could do that. 20 minutes yesterday and I was like no I actually I'm not in a place yet in my practice where I'm really great at ashtanga and that's okay it's just about discovering and trying new things yeah and I think that's something too that's a lot of people um, probably experience is that yoga can be quite intimidating if you look at it a certain way with all the words you can't pronounce and yeah um, yeah, the poses, like you don't have to stand on your head every session. <laughs> I actually, I was like trying to get my friends to come to my yoga class and she's like, I don't really like, and I'm like, wait, what's wrong? I'm like, why not? And she's like, I see the stuff you do online. 
and I don't want to do that. And I'm like, you know what? That's great. You don't have to do that. There are probably thousands of yoga poses and my classes, honestly, I really like the deep stretching, slower pace, relaxing classes. Mm-hmm. So definitely to anyone who is iffy on trying yoga, I would treat it like finding a therapist. You might not go to the first person and think, wow, I really connect with you and want to continue this practice. But is that a reason to stop anything because you didn't really feel a connection the first time? I would try different teachers in different styles. And another thing, I didn't have the attention span for yoga. I used to think that yoga was boring. So that's my secret. I thought like, this is so boring. Like who wants to do this? So find an amount of time that works for you. If you want to do yoga, you don't have to sign up for a 90 minute class, you know, search for something on YouTube. That's a little bit shorter, 30 minutes. I was surprised at the amount of people who asked me for just a less than 10 minute um, video. And I was thinking, well, to me, well, that's not, I would practice much longer. And my friends would say, well, I just want something that I can do to wake up in the morning. Yeah. So yoga can be anything. You just have to find what works for you. Definitely. Yeah. I think I, even with myself and my friends, I've noticed that people want something quick that still gets the benefits, but life is so nuts right now. (laughs) That's for sure. And I feel like too, and now I feel like I got to go do some yoga because I think I'm just so tight from working from home. You know? Oh my gosh. I'm sure your upper back, your neck, your wrists, yeah. like even your hips, you can injure your body from sitting too long. Yeah, Your body is not meant to be in this chair shaped position. Stand up and if anything, at least just stretch. Yeah. And it's like actually kind of shocking. It's funny that you say that because I just entered physical therapy uh, for foot issues and they said the issue is actually my hips. So it's exactly what you just said. And it started with quarantine. So Mm -hmm. so important to get out there and get moving. So I'll definitely be adding some yoga into my days. (laughs) I love to hear that. So Preppy Locks is your yoga brand, right? Yes. So what is your vision for this? Like, do you have a place you want it to go? Oh, what's my vision for Preppy Locks? Um, <laughs> right now, I, Preppy Locks started as my own personal place, um, an escape from the world during what was the 2020 like chaos of life. Um, through creating it, I found a lot of like-minded people who are also finding their own space in the world to just have a little peaceful reprieve. So um, I'd like to continue teaching yoga to people online near and far, and we'll see what happens. I like to create new relationships and we'll see where that goes. I love that. And I just saw that you posted something, uh, a new thing you're doing, a partnership with someone, right? (laughs) I know she asked me, she was like, what is that branded partnership? I was like, Leslie, we're going live on Sunday. So I just wanted to, you know, I want to put it out there. Um, My friend, Leslie does yoga. She's in Florida. Her and I are going to do our first live together this weekend. 
we're going to be talking mainly to new yogis and for anyone who kind of is thinking, maybe I want to start a yoga practice. Oh, I love that. So is this going to become a more frequent thing? You might see me online more often. Yes. (laughs) I love it. Have you gone live before on, on your Instagram? I haven't. And I'm nervous a little bit, but I'm finding that nothing happens if you don't get outside of your comfort zone. So just take that energy, embrace it. And it's like we said, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, absolutely. And that's something I wanted to talk to you about too, because getting out of your comfort zone, because I know that's a big thing that we talked about um, last time we spoke was just being able to kind of take a leap and say, it's going to work out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a really beautiful mindset. And I'm just wondering if you can tell us a little bit more about how you live that in your life. Yeah, I would say to anyone who is a little bit fearful or thinking about living their dream, but just haven't branched out yet. It's for me, it was always, what's the worst that can happen? Like genuinely think about it. What is the worst thing that can happen if you attempted to reach your dreams or your goals, you might make yourself happy or you might learn something along the way. I mean, none of us got anywhere by playing it safe. So maybe we should stop looking at failure as this like thing of doom and the world will end. I'm looking at it as a lesson in anything. So what's the worst that can happen? You're either going to learn something or you're going to be happy. Yeah. I love that. Oh, that's so good. (laughs) That's going to be a perfect quote for this podcast. Um, Who are some of your inspirations online that maybe when you were getting into yoga that you've looked up to? Let's see. It's actually, it's funny that you are asking me this because I had to unfollow a bunch of (laughs) these big name people. I can't really look at, um, because I'll think, wow, they have a million followers and wow, they can do all these flexible poses and wow, they practice for an hour every single day and I'm just not there yet. So honestly, I look up to my community and the people around me. So for me, that's my family. It's my sisters. It's my grandmothers. It's my friends from high school that are living their dreams. So that's who I look up to. That is amazing. I love that. And it's such a good point because I think a lot of people might think that they do need to look up to the person who's 10 years ahead of them in the practice of whatever practice they're doing. Um, and how, how do you find, so watching your community and being involved in your community, um, does it just inspire you in a new and different way? Absolutely. You know, when we focus on the people who we can directly help, it's, it makes all the difference. Um, Helping someone or lighting someone else's candle isn't going to dim yours at all. It actually grows. So just like I said, Leslie does yoga and I, it's so contagious. You know, when we have a conversation, it's really uplifting. There's no competition. You know, we all want to see each other doing well. I think that's 
the most amazing thing right now. But yeah, we just will talk and it's like, oh my gosh, I want to do that. What a great idea. I'm going to do this. Iron sharpens iron. So get some people who are like-minded, who want to, um, you know, achieve things that you want to and see if you can make it happen. It's inspiring to talk to people who are kind of in the same business. Definitely. I think that's such a good perspective to come at it from too, especially now when a lot of people are trying to start things online because of COVID and for whatever reason. Um, and it's so easy to go into the mindset of competition mm-hmm. and then seeing all these other people out there that you're competing against. Um, so I love that. I think that's beautiful because it's like everything that we're creating, we're doing for our community. And if we look at it any other way, that's not helping. It could only hurt. Mm-hmm. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Um, I wanted to talk about mindful movement. So you had mm-hmm. mentioned that yoga can be going for a walk or, you know, something like that. So for people that are intimidated by just doing a real practice of any sort, um, what would you suggest in terms of like just being more mindful in your movement? Yeah. Um, I would start, you can be mindful during anything, even eating mindfully. What are you doing while you're eating? I was having dinner yesterday and it's, it's not often that you don't have your phone in your hand or you're not thinking or talking about something else. Like what does it feel like to just eat your food taste it, smell it, enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a place to start. But also like mindfully movement. I like to walk and just notice my surroundings. Take your shoes off in the grass. I like to just hear the sounds of nature. I never knew how much I loved being outside until I lived in Istanbul. Everything is outside, like the restaurants, even in the winter, there's just heat lamps, but you're still always sitting outside by the water. Um, I would definitely incorporate just listening to your own thoughts. I think meditation and mindfulness can become intimidating because we have this kind of misconception that it's about clearing your head. Mm -hmm. Well, there's not, we say that, but no one, is it possible to have a clear mind? You know, like there are always, there's always something there, but when you can just listen to your thoughts and become a silent observer without judgment, that's the real practice. So I'd say if you're going for a walk, wherever your mind takes you, that's okay. Just listen to your thoughts. Yeah. I know my mind in particular has like 35 thoughts at any given moment going on in there. Do you feel like there's a way to kind of sift through the clutter or that just focusing on them helps to ease it a little bit? I have one of those minds too. So I know the feeling of like, wow, like my brain, there's always crazy things going in and out of there. But um, I don't know who said it, but picture your thoughts, like the cars in traffic and you are just on the sidewalk watching. Mm. You don't have to place like this thought is good. This one's bad. You don't have to place any type of judgment on your thoughts. It's just to be there 
and noticing them, I think, does bring a sense of calmness. Because usually when your mind is swirling, you're like, why is my mind doing all of this? But if you just sat with it and let yourself be, it's really okay. Yeah, I love that. I think too, I I heard one time an example was like clouds floating by in the sky too. Same same deal as the cars, but yeah, (laughs) it's helpful just to be able to sit and notice. And it's the same thing with feelings too, like feeling Mm -hmm. them and letting them pass, except instead of trying to shove them out. Yeah, exactly. It's like, they're perfectly okay. So just watch and know that it is going to pass. Yeah, absolutely. This has been so wonderful. I'm getting so much great mindful insight going on here, (laughs) but I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. Um, First of all, what are you consuming right now? And it can be anything from podcasts to books, TV, whatever. Um, But also for you specifically, I want to part two that question um, and ask if you have any suggestions for people interested in yoga or mindfulness um, resources for them as well. Okay. Well, two things. What I'm consuming um, podcast wise is the Michelle Obama podcast. I like to listen when I'm folding laundry or when I'm just doing errands around the house. It's super fun to listen to. Have you listened to it? No, that's on Spotify, right? Mm -hmm. I keep forgetting to go look at it on Spotify, but I have it saved. (laughs) Yes, it's fun. I don't listen to as many podcasts as I would like to, but it's definitely one that you should like stop what you're doing to listen to. Okay. And book-wise, so being one of those people that has a mind that has like 35 tabs open, Mm -hmm. I'm always reading something. Even before I finish a book, I'm reading a new one. I actually made a law this year, a personal rule. You may not buy any new books. You know, (laughs) how many do you have on the shelf, you know, that you're not even reading? So I have a goal to read the books in my home this year. I like it. (laughs) And this next one, it's called Meditations from the Mat. And it's a really awesome, like, read one page a day book. It's meant to be slowly digested. And it's just um, different reflections on the path to yoga. So I might not introduce it to someone who's like brand spanking new to yoga, because then you're really going to get annoyed with all of the um, big words that are hard to pronounce or just different, um, the eight limbed path. And you're going to think, wait a minute, I just thought we were going to stretch here. (laughs) So maybe not for a super beginner. Like I said earlier, if you're super new to yoga, I would scour YouTube and find someone's style that goes with you, that feels good. And then eventually you're going to learn what style that is. You can find something else. Um, If you want to practice yoga, the app Down Dog is my absolute favorite. It was actually free for educators during the pandemic and it changed my life. You can try any style of yoga for any amount of time, and it's just really fun. That's amazing. And it reminded me, too, um, I believe last time I talked to you, you mentioned teachers and yoga and like how that can work together 
Do you think it's a super important thing for educators to be able to practice? Oh yeah, teachers, we need yoga more than anyone. Um, at the school I was at, we were fortunate enough to have a yoga teacher among us. So definitely I would say anyone in any business there may be a yoga teacher among you and you don't even know. So just look around you and see if there's someone who wants to bring yoga to your business because it will improve a lot. Absolutely. And I'm noticing more and more, especially during the pandemic, corporations are bringing in yoga teachers and mindfulness instructors. And I think everyone's realizing oh, yeah. how much more productive people can be if they get breaks. <laughs> And rest. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you can just, you can, it can be very short amount of time, just like five minutes to move from your desk, looking away from your laptop, you know, take your eyes somewhere else for 20 seconds and then come back to it. Anything is helpful. Yeah. And I know you had mentioned chair yoga. So I was just wondering, do you have a suggestion of like a good pose to do for someone during the middle of the day at work when <laughs> they're feeling, I don't know, like they need a little bit of movement? Yeah. Um, I love a good cat and cow stretch. Mm. So you can sit on the edge of your chair, maybe place your hands on your knees and inhale, arch your back and look up and just let your head fall back. And then you can exhale and round your back. Just that gentle movement feels really nice. I love that one. I love the back stretches too, because my neck's so stuck staring at the computer. <laughs> oh yeah, and we're always looking down at our phones. Like take some time to move in an opposite way of how we are all day long. Right. So if you think of that as, sitting in a chair, face towards the ground. Think about maybe standing up and looking back. Yeah, that's great advice. Thank you. Um, we derailed there in such a great way. <laughs> I know that was the like most yoga I've gotten in today. I actually have a restorative flow planned for after this call. So oh, wonderful. I love it. Yeah, I don't have anything planned. So I'm gonna have to go do some. <laughs> Um, and my second question for you is, so Discovering Sparks um, was created, the name is created off of the idea that there can be little things in the day um, that can spark joy for you, even when you're having a tough day. Um, so what are your little sparks that can give you a little bit of happiness when you're not feeling so in it? Okay, but this happens sometimes, you know, I am no stranger to having off days and I would say the best way um, to find little sparks of joy is honoring myself by keeping those little promises that you make to yourself. Mm -hmm. If I said, okay, well, I'm going to clean out my closet and I'm going to actually use the wax that I bought and make a candle, then actually do it, you know? So honoring yourself and your boundaries, protecting your peace, saying no more often, mm -hmm. those are the little things that make me feel better. Those are so deep and wonderful. Mine's like sunflowers. <laughs> <laughs> but I gotta work into that doing what I say I'm gonna do because that's such a big one. I think for everyone is 
being able to have that integrity to yourself because if you're not respecting you who else is you know yeah it's really it's the best thing ever like how many times have you said like I'm going to clean out my clothes I'm going to take all this stuff to the goodwill and you just don't do it you know if you're not keeping those promises to yourself why would you to anyone else like take care of you first yeah I listened to a podcast yesterday actually that talked about that and said like you probably spend three hours debating whether or not to go do it when it could have been done in 20 minutes. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And so my third question, you kind of already answered in the middle of this podcast, but I'm going to say it again in case you have other uh, things to say, but it is um, if you could, if you were talking to somebody who has a big dream, but they're just afraid to get started or something's holding them back, um, what would you say to them? My, my answer to that is just, what's the worst thing that can happen? Yeah. Go for it. If you fail, fail forward and try mm-hmm. again. Yeah. You might find that maybe this isn't what you wanted to do, but that's okay. You can make a new dream. So. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Thank you. And I think that's a lot, a lot of people say something similar, but not in the same words, which is just do it you know, it's never going to do it itself. So I love that. Yeah. What if someone said like, you know, that thing that keeps you like up at night, that thing that is the first thing you think about when you wake up in the morning, you should do that thing. It's not on your mind for no reason. Absolutely. And there's uh, Jamie Kern Lima is the founder of it cosmetics. And she has a quote where she says, um, Oh, so what is it? Sometimes you have to give up on one dream to pursue another. And I think it's so beautiful because I think we're stuck or I know I'm, I've been stuck in the mindset that, well, everyone starts a career and continues that until they retire. And that's just not the case in 2021. I could talk about that. We could do part two to this <laughs> podcast because that is actually how I started my career abroad was do I accept this job? Because I could take it and be in this for 30 years. Yeah. Let me go and do something else and then come back to this. I love that. And especially like we're so young, even people in their like middle age, you can start over again too. <laughs> yes. It's never too late when anyone is telling me that like anything in the thirties is old. I'm like, what do you mean? I think we're babies in the grand scheme of things. And this is the time, even if you're 40, 50, try something new. My grandmother is 70 plus and she's still trying new things all the time. So it's never too late. I love it. And you're a number one yoga client. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's amazing. My best student. Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, Thank you. Well, could you just let us know again, summarize uh, all the places that people can find you and if they want to work with you, how to do that too. Yeah. You can find me online at preppylocks.com. I'm also on YouTube and Instagram. Just search for preppylocks. Yay. Thank you so much for being here. This has been a lovely, mindful conversation, and I have a lot of stuff I'm going to implement starting now. (laughs) Thank you for having me, Ashley. It was a pleasure talking to you.